I'm Pat Hyben, and over the past 25 years, I've sold over 7,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in volume. In 2010, I sold my team business to my top agent and went on book tour promoting my book, Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate professional's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. That book went on to become a New York Times bestseller. Now I live off the passive income streams from the real estate I bought with commissions I earned as a full-time agent. And I am committed to giving back to the real estate industry as so many mentors of mine have given back to me. On this show, we'll interview the world's best agents, brokers, coaches, and investors to help you make more commissions and create the life you deserve. Okay, Rockstar Nation, today we are coming from Raleigh, North Carolina, and I have Jennifer Spencer on the line, and she is making some things happen in Raleigh, and uh, we're going to find out exactly what and exactly how. So, Jennifer, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Oh, well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Why don't you give our Rockstar Nation a little bio on yourself so they can get to know you better? Okay. Well, I own a real estate firm in North Raleigh, and I have a team of 12 that work with me. And um, I am a North Carolinian by birth and have was born and raised in Raleigh, North Carolina, and have spent started my career in real estate by investing in real estate, um, buying rental properties, fixing them up, renting them out, holding on to those. I um, started helping other investors get into doing the same thing, and before I knew it, 20 years ago, I was had started a real estate business, and it, it wasn't necessarily a plan. It's one of those things that kind of happened, but I was very fortunate in that um, it's I love this business, and I've enjoyed doing it and, and changing and growing with the business over the last 20 years. That's awesome. Uh, so a lot of people do it the opposite. They start out selling and then they get into investing. You start out investing and got into selling. So you started off with a great base and a great knowledge. You probably didn't have to learn much because you had done it so many times yourself. And that was 20 years ago. Wow. Okay. So where, where, where are you today? Like how many houses did you and your, your team sell last year? We sold um, 185 houses last year. Okay, and what's your average sale price there in Raleigh, or, or I should say Jennifer's average sale price? We have a right just above $300,000 per house. Okay, and what kind of market are you in there now? Is it buyer's market or a seller's market? Well, it's a tale of two markets in Raleigh and in the Triangle area. Uh, homes under $350,000, it's a seller's market. Low inventory, multiple offers, full price, above full price selling within single digit days above 350 particularly when you get above 500,000 it's a different market it's a steady market we're in equilibrium equal number of buyers and sellers it's not the frenzy that it is in the 350 and below that's fascinating you know i i had somebody on an earlier interview explaining uh why this was happening nationwide and they were explaining that the, the the two biggest age demographics, the baby boomers 
who you know is the older generation and millennials is younger generation both are buying the same product right they're they're, they're both devaluing space so exactly. they so they're both wanting smaller places at the same time so you have these two huge the two largest contingents of society wanting the same product and it's kind of kind of fascinating to think about so that sounds like that's what's happening right there in your neck of the woods that's exactly what we're seeing. We're, we're talking with a lot of, of empty nesters, retirees, baby boomers that are ready to downsize. Yeah. And we're, of course, seeing first-time home buyers and millennials that are interested in, like you say, less space but, but better location, um, walkability and that type of thing. Um, and they are going after the same product, which is creating a little bit of a shortage in that, in that price point here, which is three fifty. Fascinating. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So what is what was your e, your ego commission income, as I like to say, ECI last year? Gross commission. Gross commission income was a little over one and a half million. And then what was your profit? My profit was seven hundred thousand. That's a great profit, especially with twelve people. Like what that's like fifty percent, right? Right. And that's my goal. My goal is to keep my expenses at 50, 50%. I ended up about 49% last year. How'd you do that? Oh, that's a good question. I'm, I, do you list and sell yourself? I do. I'm my primary role is team leader. I'm involved with every transaction to, to, to some degree, but my buyer agents show houses, make offers, um, and, negotiate those offers. My listing broker goes out and meets with sellers and lists the property and markets the property. Um, and I've got a marketing coordinator who is responsible for making the phone ring. And I've got an inside sales agent who's responsible for scheduling appointments, converting those leads to appointments. I've got a runner and two people that handle the closings from the time we go under contract through closing. And every my goal is for everyone to love coming to work and everyone to make a good living um, for it to be financially viable for everyone on the team, but to have a, a, a good balance in life. And that mm. seems to be where the, you know, wh- you know, where this starts to make sense is um, if I can make a good, reliable, steady income and work reasonable hours and do the part of the, of the real estate process that I love best, I'll do it for X. And I really think that's how we're able to keep expenses where they are is um, finding that balance. Amen. Amen. I, I, I love that philosophy. And, you know, generally, there's one or two ways that you can get that sort of thing with a, with a larger team like yours. And the first way is to do a lot of production yourself and pay yourself, you know, 100%. And the second way is to just give, you know, good splits or, or lower splits than industry average to your people. And it sounds like that this, the, the second way is how you're doing it. Like what type of splits uh, does your listing agent get if they just, uh, you know, take a lead that came from one of your lead sources, go out, list the house, bring it back, and give it to the team? Well, my listing broker doesn't get a split. The way we've got, the way we're structured, is it's a salary-based position, and um, most of my, most of the roles in the firm are salary positions. There it goes. There's the answer. That's it. That mm-hmm. that's brilliant, and I'm glad I asked. That's. Uh, and, and how does that work? What is, you know, a lot of agents listening are going to be like, Jennifer, you can, I can't do that in my market. I can't pay an agent a salary, you know, and get somebody that's good. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think what, you know, I think it depends on your market, but in this market, if someone's making eighty dollars to $100,000 a year and they have a good work environment and a lot of camaraderie and support and they can take time off and not have to take their phone or their laptop with them, I think they're very happy with that mix. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's I think so too, right? I mean, yep. what other job can you, you know, make that sort of decent money? And, you know, I think you're right. And I think um, you're going to start seeing more and more people doing this and thinking the way that you do. So let's find out a little bit more how you think of these 188 some units, right, that you sold last year. How how many were buyers versus sellers? About what percentage? It was 50-50. No kidding. That's that's good. And and so let's talk about the listings. Where do your listings come from? The listings come, a lot of them come from our farm area. Most of our business, I'll, I'll just kind of do the breakdown of where listing comes from. Yeah. Most of our listings is repeat and referral business. Uh, 35% of our listing business came from Zillow, um, from the advertising we've done there. No kidding. So let and, me stop you right there. 35%. Um, you know, I, I saw on Zillow, I think you got 180 some reviews or you're getting close to 200. You're paying money in addition to that for these listings on Zillow. What's your Zillow philosophy? Uh, yes, I am advertising on Zillow. Uh, not a lot, not, not a big advertising budget, but a little bit of advertising um, through Zillow. And my philosophy is the reviews don't cost anything. And I think they have a tremendous impact. The advertising also has an impact, but when you combine the two together, that's when you really see the results. So, you know, one of the things I noticed that you did, I don't know if this was by design or it just happened is, uh, you know, when I go to Yelp and look at you, there is a bunch of reviews, of course, and, but then there's pictures of people in front of the house that they bought and you have to imagine you know how yelp works you go to a restaurant with yelp you take a picture of your salad because it's so fancy and has flowers on it or you take a picture of some exotic drink or you take a picture of the whatever the restaurant and then you upload it to yelp so people can see what this coffee shop or what this restaurant looks like so the same thing applies for real estate but then the consumer can upload any picture right they can upload right. up their their picture of them in the second grade and it's going to show up on your Yelp account. It's going to be like, what, why is this random picture there? But you've got your people standing in front of houses saying, Hey, this is the house we bought with Jennifer. Did you do that by design or did that just kind of happen? Uh, we've, we've asked people to give us a review on Yelp and post a picture. Um, and, and in some cases it was by design. Others have done it on their own they just did that organically because that's something that they do regularly so it's been a little bit of both i love it it's um it's so much social proof so okay so it's almost 35 percent of your listings come from online reviews which is phenomenal and what about the rest the other 15 percent comes from a variety of marketing tools we do just sold postcards we do a, a farm a lot of our business comes from our farm area um, where we do a monthly mailing. We also, they see our signs. They see our sold signs. We uh, also do send flyers out when we've got buyers, particularly looking in that 350 and down market. Um, and we're trying to find a specific product. We will send flyers out to sellers in, in the area that they're targeting and let them know we've got a buyer and see if we can make a match. And that has been a way that we've 
um, obtained listings as well. It just says, what does it say? Tell, like, give us an example. I try to be as specific as possible so that it's truly a match. And so they know this is not just a blanket marketing tool. This is really a specific buyer. And we'll explain. We've got um, a buyer who's looking for um, a master bedroom on the main floor. They also want a guest room on the main floor for their parents to live in. And they want a fenced yard. And they, you know, try to, we're looking for a kitchen that's been updated um, and kind of be as specific as we can about their wish list. They want a screen porch so that when they read it, they say, oh, this is my house. I, you know, I need to give them a call if, if they are considering selling. And we also say that the buyers will be, if, if we find the right match, the buyers will be generous with their offer. I like that. If we mm-hmm. find the right match, the buyers will be generous with their offer. Yes. Money, money talks, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that, you know, that's where we are. We're just trying to find the right house for these buyers. And, um, you know, sometimes sellers who've said, you know, we've been thinking about it. Let's see if, let's see if it works out. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of like the Zillow make me move sort of thing, you know, right. Say, hey, throw exactly. out an offer and see what happens. Right. So, okay. So now let's talk about the buyers. Where are they coming from? The buyers are coming from predominantly from our listings. They're calling, we, we focus on, um, we focus our marketing on getting listings and then the buyers mm-hmm. appear. Um, we use a system called ProQuest where they call and listen to a recording about the house and then they get connected through if they say yes to our buyer agent so they can answer questions and schedule a showing. Um, open houses, uh, we get a number of buyers from those. And again, a lot of a big percentage of our buyers are repeat referral and Zillow. That's great. That's great. And so ProQuest is just a recorded message, right, about about the house where you kind of record right. a little ad. Okay. Got it. Yep. Okay, good stuff. Wow. Fascinating. Now, one thing I want to talk about, because I know you, you, you tour around, you do courses on this, and obviously you're walking your talk, is investing in real estate. Yes. So how many properties do you own? I own five investment properties. Okay. And what's your philosophy on investing? Or do you like to flip? Do you like to buy and hold? Uh, do you pay them off? Do you, who do you rent them to? Give us a little rundown on, on what you teach in your classes. Good questions. Uh, personally, what we do is we buy and um, fix up the rental properties and hold them. And I like to keep them leveraged. Um you know, anywhere between 80% to 50% leveraged, I think, is where you get that mix of keeping the risk reasonable and still getting a great return on investment. Mm-hmm. Across, the, I've had as many as 21 properties at different times. Right now, I have one piece of property I'm getting ready to to roll over in a 1031 tax-free exchange into several properties. But the... Um, the tax benefits, you know, are one of the reasons that I, I love investment properties. But um, what I'm looking for and what I'm generally getting on my investments across the board is about a 28% return on investment year after year. That's your cash on cash. So if you put 100000 cash into it, you're going to get 28000 per year right. back. That's right. So in less than four years, you get your money back. That's right. And that. we're and we're seeing, you know, it's a it's a conservative investment. It's not like we're putting our money into a dot com to get that kind of return. 
it's a conservative conservative investment, and it's you know it just kind of produces that income year after year after year. And so, how, well, how do you find it? I mean, it's twenty eight percent. Most people would be like, "Wow, I, buddy, that's great," but I can't I can't even find five percent. Uh, well, that's you know I'm measuring that across the four ways we get a return. Part of the return is cash flow. Oh, so that's more like an internal rate of return, right? So you're internal you're, rate of return, uh, right? Okay, so you're not not cash on cash. I, I need to correct that. Okay. It's not cash on cash. Okay. I'm looking at if you add up the um, appreciation yep. if we, and add in um, depreciation and, and principal depreciation paydown. and principal pay down. Right. Okay. All right. Awesome. Very good. Very good. So what technology are you and your team using now that you're excited about, whether it's a cell phone app uh, that you're all using or some software at the office? What can you share? Well, our, I had my office for 18 years as a virtual office. Everyone on the team worked from their homes, and we handled everything was done digitally for a number of years. Two years ago, I opened a brick-and-mortar office, which has been great, but we've continued to uh, be almost a paperless office. So, um, And what we use is Google Docs, we um, Google Apps. We uh, use our shared calendars on through Google. We use Google Docs to share and have access to documents wherever we are. We have um, shared, what am, I looking, what am I looking for? Yeah, you just use all of Google basically. And yeah, yeah. Everything and Google has to offer, you know, uh, with regards to Google Hangouts, uh, with regards right. to, you know, Google Docs and um, everything's just in there. So if I write a contract with your with your team, it just goes right to Google Docs, ne- never printed nothing. That's right. And and so why did you do that? Because, you know, a lot of people are doing the opposite. A lot of people are going from brick and mortar to virtual. Why did you go from virtual to brick and mortar? I probably would have not ever had a brick and mortar office, except I was working out of my home and I was having team meetings and check deliveries and things like that. And my HOA shut me down. Really? And they said, they said, you have too many cars coming and going from your house. So I said, I want to be a good neighbor and I will immediately begin search to find an office and, um, opened up an office in the middle of my farm area, which ended up being a good strategic move. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm not, I'm not going to take credit for it. I just kind of ended up here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were forced. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, that, um, I mean, at, at least you did it strategically, you know, mm-hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. So, Jennifer, tell me about a failure you've had sometime in the last 20 years in this business and what you learned from that failure, how you came out from under it. Well, I like to learn things the hard way, it appears. Um, I wish it wasn't that way. But (laughs) uh, when I reached kind of a max capacity as an individual agent, I, I could I knew there was more opportunity and opportunity to grow, but there just weren't enough hours in the day. So my solution to that problem was, um, you know, I've got so much business. I don't know what to do with it. Let me hire some other brokers to work along with me and I will share those leads with them. They'll give me a percentage of the, of their income and we'll all do well. Um, that was the wrong approach. Mm. You know, I, I, I realized that a few, a couple of years in, that that was not what I didn't need more sales capacity. I didn't need more sales agents. What I needed was someone to take some of the administrative work away. What I should have done is hired administrative assistant and started there mm. and worked from that standpoint. So that I had to kind of break that apart. And that took several years to tear down what I had 
<laughs> belt with the other agents and start again with, let me start with administrative and then let me get people to help with closings and, and then work into um, building the team that way. And, and, that, and, and that, uh, that was the impetus for you coming, for you building a salaried team versus, um, you know, this commission team. Because I think most agents do it like you did. You know, they go out and they, they say, they create, you know, I see this all the time. They create these, these manic goals of they're going to sell this many houses. It's all for ego. And then they hire all these agents on high splits to do it. And they reach these goals, but their net profit is is nowhere near 50%, right? That's it's right. It's like 4%. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and so talk to me about that. Let's Because this is very unique, but I think that it there needs to be people listening to this. Like, what are the benefits that you're now seeing? And what are the fruits of of this setup that you have where everybody's on salary and you, you know, and you're in charge and, and you're at 50% profit. What talk to me about that. Well, first of all, um, quality, not only am I earning a better income than I did as an individual agent and certainly better than I did as an agent with other agents on my team. Um, the way we're structured now, everyone on the team earns a good living. Um, I'm, I'm selling more houses than I ever have and more profitable than I ever have been. And I have a better quality of life than I ever have. So it's a, it's a, you know, it's a great, it's a win all the way around. Not only that, everybody that I've put into roles on the team from bookkeeper to stager to administrator, um, listing broker, buyer agent, they're all better at each of those roles than I was because what we're doing now, instead of trying to find somebody who's can do everything from chief cook to bottle washer is we're finding people who are very, very skilled in a specific area and putting the best, uh, in, in those roles. So we all are doing what we love doing. We're doing what we do best. And I think because of that, everyone's excelling and enjoying their work. And in addition, we're all finding that balance where we can, um, have time for our families and for ourselves and for our private lives. So it's worked out well for the whole team. And, and the, you know, the quality control I think is huge, right? Because, you know, I think, I think people in general, right. They're very reluctant to fire anybody, <laughs> but they're more reluctant to fire commissioned people, right. Agents than salaried people they'll just say ah well i'll just give them the crappy leads from now on I, i'm not gonna or i won't give them any leads or you know you know they'll they'll penalize them another way hoping maybe they'll quit a lot of them might never quit <laughs> you know we're here you could say hey listen you do it my way or or you're fired you know this is right. these are the rules and i think certain personalities and a lot of people are going to respond better to that right you'll, you'll get more productivity out of them that way now do, do you require them to be at the office at a, let's say they're an agent right do you require them to be at an office at a certain time you know and yes. do a certain amount of things how do you work that what how's that work I have a, a combination. Each role is a little different, but yes, so overall to answer your question, you're right. It's more control. It's more in terms of quality of, of what we're, of what our output is. They do come to the office from nine 30 to five 30 every day. So it's more structured environment, which I think is good. And not only do, does it change the relationship because yes, you're right. It's, it's, 
you're not going to fire someone that's commissioned most of the time. You're just going to let them fizzle out or go away. <laughs> just to, you know, that's true. But that doesn't that doesn't hold true with a salary position. So it affects my attitude towards the team, but it also affects their attitude towards the job. I'm getting paid a salary from this person, so I, my, you know, I'm going to step up and do what's expected. It's a different mentality than they have when it's all commission and it's all, you know, I can... I get to decide when I work, how I work, what it looks like. And it does change things. Not only does it change, I think, the the quality of the work and, and the working relationship, but it also changes the the people that you attract. Um, it's, it's amazing what quality people you can attract when you offer stability in exchange, when you offer a salary, your your choices of of candidates for the role are significantly higher quality. Yeah. Right. Probably. Right. Uh, that mm-hmm. makes sense because it's almost like with the agent, you're hiring anybody or you're hi- more apt to hire people with unproven track records. Right. Right. And if they get lucky or they or you get lucky and they happen to be good, they'll make a ton of money. But here you're hiring people with proven track records and you know that they're good. And you, you essentially know they're going to knock the, ball, the the cover off the ball from the first day they, they start because you know they're that good. So you're the one taking the risk and then you're putting them out there. So like your agents do, do they get any bonus structure at all? Or is it like, you know, you need to show houses, you need to list houses. You know, how's that work? Do they work weekends, they work evenings, or is it just 930 to 530? So the the buyer agents are a little different. The buyer agents, their job, they, they don't do any lead conversion. We schedule the buyer consult. They come in and meet with the buyer. They, they take that buyer out, show them houses, make an offer, negotiate that to contract, and then they hand it over to the closing department. Um, some people have even referred to the role more as a showing agent than a buyer agent, just mm-hmm. to be clear. Yes. Um, but they do earn a, a percentage of every commission that they um, – uh, that, that, the th- that the firm receives for those. So they are um, commissioned, okay. but it's fairly predictable in terms of, you know, they kn- we know every year they're, they're going to earn about the same amount year in and year out. We've just kind of got it down to a, a very predictable commission structure. Okay. Everybody else, listing broker included, is salaried. And then my listing broker gets a, a small bonus at, for, for all the houses that we close throughout the year. She has a, a listing goal. This year, her goal is to close 110 listings, mm. and each month, she gets um, a small bonus for each listing that she closes. Even if it doesn't sell? No, only when it closes. Only when it closes. Only okay. when, it, mm-hmm, when and, it closes. And then, so the buyer agent gets a, a, a small commission, but they don't have to do anything. They don't, meaning your, your salaried person schedules an appointment for someone to come into the office and talk to them about buying houses with you. That's right. Wow. And then they don't. So we try to take away the lead conversion, the admin, and the, you know, the negotiating repairs. You know, everything in the contract. All that stuff you're taking away. Essentially, all they got to do, meet with the person, show them houses, and find one that they want to buy. Right. Right. And did they write the offer? Right. They do write the offer and they negotiate the offer. Okay. And then what do they get for that? They get a 35% of the commission earned. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, hey, that's good all the way around, you know, and man, those leads are, I, I don't know any buyer agent today 
that wouldn't only want those leads because the quality of the leads now is so, so, so poor. Mm-hmm. And if every lead that they got was only somebody coming to the office to talk about, you know, buying a house, you know, signing a buyer broker agreement or working with us versus working with another agent, uh, they're physically coming in. I mean, the, the chances of them actually working with you is so, so high once that happens. Right. The conversion rate's very, very high at that point. So, uh, but I think the inside sales agent's kind of an interesting role because their role is to take the leads. Um, and like you said, you know, go through those leads and qualify and convert those into an appointment. They get paid a base salary. That person gets paid a base salary. And then for every appointment that they schedule and the person shows up, they get paid a hundred dollars bonus. And that's been a great way to structure that role where there's motivation to make those phone calls um, and maintain those relationships. Some of them, you know, take years to get them in the door. Some of them take the quick follow-up, follow, you know, callbacks to get them in the door. But they're willing to do both because every time they schedule an appointment, they make $100. At Rebus University, we take the pain points out of selling real estate. Lost a listing to another agent? never again. The Certified Listing Agent course goes through step-by-step how eight of the world's top agents close 90-some percent of every listing appointment they go on. Industry icons like Buddy Blake and Marty Hampton have encouraged their entire team to take this course. And after they took it themselves, we gave them discounts for all their team members and we'll give you that same exact discount if you go to rebusuniversity.com. Had a listing expire and another agent take it over and then drop the price drastically and it sold right away? Yeah, me too. That's why I created the Certified Price Reduction course. We've had several agents take that and get immediate price reductions. All of the reviews that we've gotten on rebusuniversity.com, by the way, have all been five stars. Our other flagship product, the Certified Team Agent with Jeff Cohn out of Omaha, Nebraska, has been selling off the shelves. Everybody wants to know what happens when you peel back the curtain of the Omaha's elite real estate team's inside business. Jeff and I sit down and talk about the nitty-gritty of where every dollar that he makes comes from and where every dollar that he spends goes out. It's an incredible, candid 10-hour course on how to build the mega team of the future. Use coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first course now. RebusUniversity.com Well, Jennifer, let's wrap this up with our flagship question, and that is this. If I were to take you and put you on a reality TV show, and here's how the TV show is going to work. You're going to be on an island with nine other real estate agents. But it's not a deserted island. There's people buying and selling houses. There's there's a lot of money flowing, commerce, that sort of thing. Each agent gets $1,000 cash. Each agent gets a laptop computer, and each agent gets a cell phone. The trick is no one, no one of the 10 agents knows anybody. You don't know anybody. Whoever mm-hmm. sells the most amount of houses each week stays. Whoever sells the least amount of houses each week 
is thrown off the island. After 10 weeks, there's only one agent left. How are you going to win this reality game show? Well, for me, that's a pretty simple question. I wake up every morning, get on the phone, and and start making those contacts. And I'm just diligent day in and day out for 10 weeks. And I think I've got the, the wherewithal to to make more phone calls, make more contacts than probably anybody else on the island. <laughs> you, you would just outwork them. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you would just get up early, start calling. You'd call everybody and anybody, and you would just say, you know, do you want to buy or sell a house? People don't, you know, fellow agents, I think, really struggle with doing that day in and day out with consistency. And um, I think that's where the competitive advantage comes in. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, most people can only stay consistent for three or four days at most. <laughs> you know, right, right. Um, it's a big struggle. So, hey, God bless you. Mm-hmm. I know it's, I, I, I know you would win the show. <laughs> well, I hope so. <laughs> this has been awesome. Well, listen, thanks so much for coming on. If I've, if I'm ever in uh, Raleigh, I'll definitely look you up and we can get together and break some bread. I would love that. Good talking with you, Pat. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Please be sure to leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening. All five-star reviews help us get better and better guests for your listening pleasure. And if you have a great review, I'll read it on the show. We are so proud of this show now with over a million downloads in 79 countries around the world. Also... Don't forget to buy my book if you haven't already. Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate agent's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. With an intro by Gary Keller. Sold everywhere online books are sold. You can always go to pathyben.com and find out about all things Pat Hyben. And don't forget to follow me on social media. All you got to do is type in my name. I'm everywhere and easy to find. I hope to meet face-to-face someday, but in the meantime, let's meet on social media. Thanks again for listening, and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.